We started last week with this word connection. Connection. And that was the theme of our uh, prayer and fasting week. And it was this idea that connection is, uh, it's a choice that we all make. And who we choose to connect ourselves with can either bring us life or it can take away life. And last week, that, that's what Jesus was saying. He said, be connected to me and uh, you will bear much fruit. But if you are apart from me, you will, can do nothing. That's from John 15. I'm going to read that again. We're going to be stuck on this passage for another week. John 15, 1 to 8. I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Amen. Uh, Our generation, my generation, um, I was looking at what year I am and I thought, I always thought I was Generation Y, right? The whole like generation, like the baby boomers, and then you got Generation X, and then you got Generation Y. But I, I, I found out that Generation Y finished 1982. The year, if you were born 1982 and, and within older, I think it's about eight, nine, ten years, you are Generation Y. I was born 1983. Now, 1983, the next generation is what we call the millennials, right? I'm included. I was so pleased about that fact that I am a millennial, right? And majority of us here are millennials. Now, there was a survey done between baby boomers and millennials. And the question was, what is the worst thing that can happen to you in your life? And the older generation would write things like, a member of my family dying or you know, cancer, or illness, or bankruptcy. But not the millennials. Us millennials, the number one thing that was the worst thing that could happen to you is that your phone had no coverage. You know what the number two worst thing was? That your phone had no battery. Like, kids would go mental. Like, that's the generation that we live in. See, what's funny is, and as funny as it is, I don't know if you've been, and I guess this is why I'm a millennial, because I've experienced anxiety when I walk out of the house or when I wake up and I realize my phone didn't charge last night. I legitimately feel anxious and think about not going out until my phone is charged. Maybe that's just some of us. This idea of having strong connection is so important to our day-to-day lives. 
This idea of having, uh, in a world that's so wishy-washy and so shallow, this idea of not having just the right connection, but actually having a strong connection is so important in our day. Why? Because, as I said, the, the world is so full of information. The world is so full of information, and, and not all information is the same, and not all information agrees, right? It is so easy for one person to be persuaded and convinced otherwise. Let's be honest, whoever has, who's woken up in the morning feeling a little crook or something happened to your body or to your child and you went on Google and you read the reviews about what's wrong with you and then you realize that you might have cancer or you might need to go see the doctor or you, you, you know, you got something wrong in your head. You know, like, let's be honest, like some of us have tried to be our own doctor, you know, or like, you know, you wanted to make an investment. Bitcoin, I had a guy in my church try to convince me into Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm looking at you right now, brother. Right there. Which crashed as soon as you made that, you told me, lucky I didn't. You know, like, I, I researched, should I invest into Bitcoin? And 50% of the reviews said, yes, definitely sell your house, put everything on Bitcoin. And the other 50% said, do not do it, you're going to die. See, the age of information that we live in, it's a great thing, but actually it's also really bad because we think that we know until we read something else, until we read something else, until we read something else. And what we become is fickle. And the word fickle means to be able to change your mind very quickly. We become very fickle in our lives. And, and, and what happens is the wind blows one way and we go. And the wind blows the other way, and then we change. And that's, that's what happens when you are not strong in who you are and what you believe. And that's why we need strong connection, because, because if it's not strong, it won't last. And I'll come back to that. See, even when we choose to connect to God, and last week that's what we talked about, the right connection was to choose a connection that was going to give you life. Not take away life, but to give you life. Where even when we choose to connect with God, there is a difference between fruit and fruit that will last. And the question that we need to ask ourselves today is what is it that we desire? Not just a good connection, but is it one that is strong, that will produce fruit that will last? Or do you just want here and now and then it might be gone tomorrow. In my time growing up as a Christian, I've, I've watched so many people give their lives to Christ, become Christian, make the right connection with God, but not last. Because time went on and circumstance changed or situation changed. And, and I've watched so many people leave God and leave the church not necessarily because God was wrong or God was not for them, but because their connection with God was not strong enough. And they didn't invest into strengthening their relationship with God. The question that I want to ask tonight is, is this what you want? 
You know, for for majority of us, we've made the choice, I'm going to choose God. Great, that's fantastic. But is it a decision that you would like to last your life? Or is it just for something here and now? You know, when Jesus says in in, in verse 4, remain in me and also I remain in you, don't you want this to be forever? Don't you want this to be eternal, not just now? So what does it look like to have a strong connection with God? What does it look like to have a strong connection with God? Okay, the Bible uses this image of a tree, right? Tree and its roots. Colossians 2, 6 and 8. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. The Apostle Paul is is writing a letter to the church in Colossae, and he says, continue your life in Jesus. Continue to choose your life in Jesus, rooted and built up in Him, the image of the tree. Right? Most people would know that the strength of a tree is not found in the trunk, nor the branches, nor the leaves. But the true strength of a tree is found in the underground, in the roots of the tree. Trees don't fall over because they got skinny branches or skinny trunks or, you know, yellow or green leaves. No, trees fall over because they have weak Roots, shallow roots. The storms come and the winds blow and the tree above the surface remains steady only because the tree beneath the surface is deep. Once again, Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 uses the same image. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Quickly, what does it look like to have a strong connection with deep roots? Okay, three things. One, you can build up strong. Being rooted in Christ, having deep roots allows the upper part of the tree to strengthen. When we have deep roots, when we're not pushed around because of the situation or circumstance, you can build strong up. You know, when you have lopsided strength, that's not being strong. Okay, you, if you're lopsided, you're always going to have an Achilles heel. You're always going to have a weakness. And if the world blows at that weakness, you will fall over. One of the running jokes between a friend of mine, uh, one of the members of our board, is that uh, he's bulking his arms and upper body. And I joke with him that he's trying to become like Popeye, Popeye the sailor man. But if you ever notice with Popeye, he has very skinny legs. And I keep telling my friend, don't skip leg day. Because as strong as you are upper body, if your legs are not strong, man, I'll kick your leg and you're going to fall over. That's not true strength. True strength is wholeness. 
Number two, when, when you have strong connection with deep roots, you got nothing to fear when trouble comes. The question is not when, uh, if trouble comes. The question is, the, the statement is when trouble comes. The reality is trouble will come your way. Heat will come by the tree. But being deeply rooted and having a strong connection not only allows us to build strong, but it allows us to not be worried about, about our lives during tough times. We've got nothing to worry about because what we're connected to is strong. We can be confident when we have strong connections that God, even if we can't pull ourselves through, that the connection that we have with God, God will pull you through. That He is faithful. And thirdly, what does it look like to have strong connection with deep roots? You're always bearing fruit. A strong connection with deep roots always bears fruit. Go back to John 15, 16. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. What an amazing life that God allows us to have in this strong connection with Him that we would continue to bear fruit day in, day out. This is what we can have when we have a strong connection with God. So that's what it is. Okay, that's what it is, right? Now, the, the second question is how do we get this? How do we get this strong connection with God? Not just the right connection, but how do we strengthen our connection? How do we go deeper? How do we go deeper with God? And, 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 and I want you to really use these four things just as a, as, a, as a basic guideline for you to really go home and, and practice these things. I want it to be really practical with these four of how we can strengthen our connection with God. And the first one is this, proximity. Proximity just means how close are you with that person? I believe in my marriage with Mel that that one of the reasons why we have a stronger relationship now than when we were dating is because we just live closer to each other. When we were dating, we were 25 minutes apart. Now we're 30, not even 30 centimeters. It depends if I'm in the good books or the bad books, I guess. You know, proximity, it sounds, all of these things that I'm about to say are going to sound like uh, really obvious things, but, but proximity doesn't necessarily mean physical proximity. When we say have a close proximity to God, it doesn't necessarily mean sell your house and buy a house down on Victoria Avenue, you know, live closer to church. Uh, proximity is just the idea that you need to position yourself holistically closer to where God is. James 4.8 says this, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. God promises to us that as we draw near to Him, as we become closer to Him, as we make decisions to become closer to Him, that He will come closer to us. Have you ever asked yourself, man, I feel like God's so far away. And you're, you're like sitting back waiting for God to come to you? You know, when we draw near to God, God promises us that His faithfulness will come and that He will draw near to us. What does this look like? It just looks like making yourself more available to God. 
Proximity with God doesn't necessarily mean sitting there and, and singing Kumbaya by yourself all week long. It just means making yourself available to God for God to speak and for you to listen and for you to speak and for God to listen. Secondly, how can we cultivate a strong connection with God? Communication. The bottom line of healthy marriage is good communication. Bottom line with any connection. If you want to grow deeper in that connection, you must, you must communicate in a healthy way. Any relationships like that with God is no different. Now, communication is two-way, right? God speaks and we listen. And we speak and God listens. All right? God speaks to us primarily through His Word, the Bible. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, all Scripture is God-breathed. That's what it is. And he's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is literally God speaking to us. It's not a historical document. It's not a rule book. It's not a guidebook. It's God speaking to us. Can I tell you, friends, if you can believe that, if you can believe that the Bible, the Word of God, is literally God speaking to us, not just things that people said, but literally God speaking to us, you will take the Bible in a completely different way. Because when you read it, it won't be about instruction. It will be about relationship. This is a crucial part of our connection with God because how can you, how can you connect with someone that you can't communicate with? But it's not just listening to God, but we have the opportunity to, to replicate, uh, sorry, reciprocate the, that within our prayers, that we can communicate to God with prayer. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that, what we, uh, that, what we, have, that we have what we asked of Him. Once again, if you believe that prayer is what God says it is, if you really believe, like really, without a doubt, like the sky is blue, the, the sun is hot, that when I pray, that I speak to God and God hears my prayers. If you truly believe that, it will change the way you pray. You know, but so many of us, we don't believe prayer to be that. So many of us, our prayers sound exactly the same as two years ago, five years ago, 12 years ago. I always tell this story. Uh, I'm not very proficient in Korean. My parents are Korean. Uh, I'm, I'm Australian, and I just look like this, right? And I was telling Mel, because one of my favorite days of the year is Australia Day, and sadly this year, I have to spend Australia Day in Cambodia. So I bought something. Then I'm going to take over to Cambodia to celebrate Australia Day. I'm going to, I won't surprise, surprise you now. I'll let you guys see it on my Instagram feed later. But <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Oh, yeah. So my parents used to get me to pray in Korean before the meal, right? And can I tell you, like, when I was serving at the Korean church five years ago, they would do the same. They'd go, oh, you know, Pastor Steve, can you pray? Can you pray for the meal? And you know what's really bad? The prayer that I prayed when I was like seven and eight years old for the meal is the exact same prayer that I'm praying as like a 25-year-old or 27-year-old, simply because my language skills just didn't get better, right? 
But can I tell you, if you have a relationship with someone and you're saying the same thing to them, you're saying the same thing to them every day, what, something's missing, communication's missing, your relationship's missing. If, if my conversation with my wife starts off every day with the same thing and finishes with the same thing and we're having the identical conversation, what that's telling me is that I have a very unhealthy marriage. But if you truly believe that when you speak to God, that, 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 that when you pray that God hears, it changes the way you pray. It changes the way we pray. Communicating with God, fundamental in growing deeper roots. So, number one, we said proximity. Secondly, we said communication. Thirdly, time. A phrase that I came across earlier in my Christian life was, learn how to waste time with God. Learn how to waste time with God. And I didn't really understand this until I started dating. Right? Now, when we, we're very efficient with our time. Like, you know, like lawyers, like 15-minute blocks, you know, you need to account for that. You know, if you go to the toilet, you need to write that in, right? Like, we are so efficient with our time that wasting time means that you're being uh, ineffective and inefficient. Actually, that's not a good thing, right? But try telling that to someone who's dating. When you date, you don't go up to them and go, hi. You know, really, really grateful that you'd meet me today. It's 10 a.m. Look, we've got a movie at 10.42, okay? And the movie's going to finish at, at, at 12 on the dot. I'd love to go to lunch with you, but I've got another meeting. And so I figured, you know, we spent two and a half hours together. That's enough for today. And then we can hang out and have lunch another day when there's a little bit more time. Now, let me tell you, if you do that as you're dating, you will stop dating very quickly. You will go back to being single. See, in relationship, the way that you build relationship is you need to learn to waste time with that person. You know, people, I, I haven't done this, but people say, you know, you, know you, you, you go on phone calls, right? And you, you just don't know where the time went. One hour, two hour, three hour. Back in the day, you know, we just had home phones. So it was only a 40 cents a call. Nowadays, if you try to do that, you'd, you know, you'd bust your bank, right? But learning how to waste time. And it's the same thing with God. But how many of us treat God like a schedule? How many of us treat God like, like just a part of our weekly roster? Okay, church starts 6 o'clock, 10, 9. Bang! Okay, God, you and me time. Let's do this. Okay, preachers preaching a little bit extra today. So tomorrow, God, I'm going to take a little bit out of my quiet time with you because you got a little bit extra of me today. Okay, buddy? Okay, but on Wednesday, I'm going to spend an extra 30 minutes with you because on Friday, I'm a little bit busy. You know, how many of us, we barter time with God? And you think that you're going you're gonna to deepen your relationship with Him? No, you can only deepen your relationship when you invest that time. Only when you invest that time. The story that we can see that, that Jesus talks about is the one of, of Mary and Martha. The two sisters, Jesus goes to their house. The older sister complains about how the younger sister is not helping her do stuff. You know, uh, and then Jesus says, so you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one Mary has chosen what is better. What did Mary choose? Just to spend and waste time with God, regardless of what the state of the house was, regardless of what the food was going to be about. Mary chose to waste time with God, and we need to choose. We need to learn how to do that too. But I tell you why that one's hard, because we are all time poor. 
We are time poor people. But I thought about that, right? It's not that we're time poor. You, might, you can come up to me and go, you know what? I'm so time poor. I can only give this much to Jesus. And I'm telling you right now, that's not being time poor. That's just your priority. That's your choice on what you think is important and not important. Because if you think it's important, you put your time there. You want to know what's important in your life? Put out a weekly schedule, fill in your timesheet. And I promise you, I'll tell you right then and there what you find important in your life. But if we want to develop a deeper, stronger relationship with God, then we need to invest time. You cannot, this is not something that you can cut corners. It's like marriage. You, you cannot cut corners into a deeper, stronger marriage if you don't spend time. Why do you think that that would be any different with God? It's not. Finally, proximity, communication, time. Finally, honesty. Honesty, openness, transparency, vulnerability, whatever you want to call it. But it all comes at the, under the idea of honesty. In the Apostle Paul, right, the first and greatest missionary ever, the poster boy of the church, he says this in Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardship, and in persecution, and in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul's saying, Paul's saying that he never had to go to God and go, look, look how strong I am. Can I tell you, in any relationship, in any relationship, you might find your strengths common, but you will connect in your weaknesses. You might find commonality in your strengths, but you will find connection in your weakness. You know, who would have thought Paul would become so weak and vulnerable before the church? And yet he, he delights in that. He delights in his weakness because he knows that when he is weak, that God's power and God's strength is strong in him. You know, one, one of the issues that we have in our relationship with God is, is that we are not able to be honest with Him. We are not able to be transparent with Him. We are not able to be just who we are in front of Him. We're masking our relationship with Him. We're, we're, we're going to God and, and, you know, some of us do this, right? We come to church, right? We had a bad week. And we come to church and we go, okay, in the outside, and you, get, you breathe. You go, okay, you can do this, Steve. You can do this okay smiley face okay oh god bless you brother hope you had a great week i've had an amazing week oh god bless you oh the spirit is alive in this place hallelujah you know so many of us so many of us are so good at putting our masks on in church we're even better at putting on in front of god so many of us are so arrogant and proud that even before God, creator God, who knows everything, who knows what you're going through, who knows what you're feeling, you got to go and go, God, thank you for the weather today because it's amazing. Amen. And God's like, what about that burden that you're dealing with? What about that relationship that's just fallen apart? You don't want to talk about that? You don't want me to come and help you? Friends, Showing weakness and vulnerability is to put yourself out there. 
But it's not just for yourself to put, it's not just for you to put yourself out there, but in any connection and relationship, it's so that the other person can have the opportunity to cover that up. That's how you grow. That's how you grow in that relationship. That's how you grow in that connection. The more honest we are, uh, we become with God, the more that we will end up depending on Him and the more that we will seek Him. And that will lead to deeper roots and a stronger connection. So how do we develop? How do we develop this strong connection? Right? Four really, really simple practical things, right? Proximity, communication, time, honesty. But a lot of the time, the sermon finishes here and goes, look, this is what you need to have. A strong connection with God, deep roots like a tree. How do you get that? You know, communication, proximity, time, uh, honesty. Amen. Let's pray. Let's do this. But you know what? I don't want to finish there. I want to go back to the first question, which is the most important question. And the question is why? Why do you need this? Why do you need to invest into these house? Why do you need this what? This image of the tree and having deep root. Why? And to put it really simply, it's so that the connection will last. The reason why we're going to invest our time, communication, honesty, proximity. The reason why we, we want that strong connection is because we want to last. We want a connection that lasts. If you've been at our church for a while, if you've come to the morning service, the Chatswood Church of Christ, a lot of you guys would know a lady by the name of Jean. Jean is a, she's tiny. Like I never did this to her, but I could do this on her head. Right? I never did out of respect. But I could so do this, right? Jean, Jean um, Dubois, that's her name, because she, she was an English lady who married a French guy. Jean Dubois started coming to the Chatsu Church of Christ in 1970-something. That's what I found out. 1970-something. Uh, before a lot of us were even born. And she's been serving at this church. And she's been, um, you know, we, we, all, we all got out. We always got the complaints from Jean. Oh, you, you didn't close the windows or you didn't, you know, you didn't close the door. You didn't turn the fan off. You didn't put the Bibles back the right way because of Jean. We know because of Jean. Because Jean will come back Monday morning to make sure that everything was in the right place. She wasn't paid by the She was just pure volunteer. Loved the church. Um. Even um, a month ago, before our mission team went away, um, our mission team got to do a, a mission presentation in the morning service. And Jean, who is, uh, you know, 80-something years old, uh, came up to Shona, our mission leader, and, and put $100 into Shona's pocket and said, I want you to use this for the mission. This is Jean. And uh, sadly, uh, Jean passed away last week. Uh, Jean was ill. Um, I don't think she let everyone know how ill she was, uh, but she was pretty ill. And then um, she picked up uh, lymphoma, I think it was. And then just they said, You've got a few weeks, 
Uh, so I got, a, I got a phone call. I got a phone call saying, you know, Jean's in the hospital. They reckon a few weeks, you know, can you go see her? And I said, I'll definitely go see her. And I thought to myself, okay, if the doctor said few weeks, okay, today's Friday. Okay, I'll go in on Monday. But she actually passed away two days later. And I was at the funeral last Friday. And first and foremost, I have never seen that many people in this church building ever. Five years, four and a half years we've been here. You know, combined services, whatever. I have not seen, you know, like, and, and, you know, we've had some services where we've had to pull out all the chairs from upstairs. And sometimes we pull out maybe like, you know, five or ten chairs. They had to pull out more than 50 chairs from downstairs. I know, because I had to bring half of them up. There were so many people in this room on Friday morning celebrating the life of Jean Dubois. And testimony after testimony after eulogy after the sermon. All they were saying, the biggest thing that they were saying about this lady was this. She served God. She loved God till the last day. And as I was sitting there, and I've, you know, I've got this sermon in my head. I've just put two and two together and gone, this is what strong connection is needed for so that you make it till the last day. Friends, the world that we live in with so much information, so much ideology, so much pain and suffering, it is so easy for us to fall off the track. It is so easy for us to walk away from Jesus and the connection that we have with Him. It is so easy to do that. One tragedy will get rid of most of you. One tragedy, you will walk away from God. But that's why we need to invest now when there is no storm. Invest into your relationship with God and strengthen that connection so that when you go through the storm, that that connection will remain. You know, we we celebrate five years in our church. You know, I'm telling you now, that's great, and we will celebrate. We'll celebrate every anniversary, you know, good year. You know, we've made it another year. But can I tell you, and this is what I've been saying to my board for, since the beginning of time, and since the beginning of this church. Look, it's great what we're doing now, but let's see what it looks like in 50 years. Because as much as I'm impressed with what God is doing in this place now, I would love to see you in 50 years. I'd love to see your, yourself, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. I'd love to be in that place where I can say, wow, there is fruit that lasted. Because that's what God wants for us. He wants to see fruit that lasts. Not just fruit for today. He wants to see fruit that lasts. And that comes from a deep, strong connection and relationship with God. And I pray that you would invest into that. Not just go, oh, it will just happen. Trust me, it doesn't just happen. You've got to work on it. You've got to cultivate that. We as a church, we will help you. That's why we have ministries. That's why we have life groups. That's why we're reading scripture together to help you develop this deep, strong relationship because I have, even in the four and a half years, you would know if you've been here for a while, there are people here that were on fire for God two years ago and where are they now? They're not. 
because the strength of their connection was just not strong. But I pray, friends, for you and for our community that you would, you would invest into depth. And I pray that you will produce fruit that will last. Let's pray.